Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Adam. And I'm Amir. Welcome back to Music of Destruction. Today is our season three premiere, and it's been a long month. We ended season two back at the end of August, so we had all September off to get ready and prepare for the season. It's good to be back. How you been, man? Doing pretty good. What about yourself? Doing good. Did you enjoy your time off? I did. I did. I'm, you know, I've been looking forward to the start of the season because we have a good one in today's episode. Do you, did you notice that, like, right after we finished season two of that double album review, that, like, so immediately after we finished it, when, immediately when we went back to work, we've been fucking slammed the entire month. And our schedule started getting fucked up. And you started getting scheduled to work, like, on Saturdays. And, like, it, it was, it was going to throw everything off had we continued... Like, had that not been the season finale at the end of August when we did that, it would have screwed with all the schedule if we had kept going. But now, we're starting season three now, and things have kind of settled down a little bit. We still have a couple rocky days here and there, but nothing too bad. So, uh, it's good to be back, season three. And today also marks the six months since we've been doing this podcast. Can you believe that? Six months, man. It flew by pretty quickly. We started on April 3rd, and it's October 3rd right now. It's been exactly six months to the day today when we started doing uh, when we started doing this whole thing. That's pretty crazy, and we're already into our, we're barely into our third season in the six months we've been doing this. That's pretty exciting. So, without further ado, uh, today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this time. Where normally we'd wait till the end of the season to do this, but we figured it'd be nice to kind of switch things up a little bit. So today we're going to do another album review like right off the bat of the season. Just because I pitched the idea and I thought it'd be pretty appropriate because this season is supposed to end like a little bit before the end of the year. Maybe like the end of November or something. And the album will have been out probably four months at the time. So I figured it'd be a good chance to do it while it was still pretty fresh. It's only been out for a few weeks now. But today, we're starting off with an album review. And 10 Years just released a new, their new album a few weeks ago. It's called Violent Allies. And we're going to talk to you guys about that. We are going to wait to the end of the season, but we decided it was appropriate to do it now while it was still fresh. So without further ado, let's get into this album review. 10 Years, Violent Allies. Okay, so, 10 Years, Violent Allies. We just listened to this album uh, just a little bit ago, about an hour ago. It's my second time listening to it. I listened to it right after it came out, like the same day. And then I hadn't listened to it for a while, and then we just listened to it today. What'd you uh, think about this record? I thought it was a phenomenal record. I didn't think there was a single bad song on here, to be honest with you. And I'm loving the ele- elements of uh, rock and, you know, more of a softer tone throughout the album. And then, not to mention the interludes, Planet 3 and Planet 4, 
in the middle of the album and to end the album, I thought that was a really nice touch because that's not something you see from typical ten years album. So um, remember when we uh when whenever they first released new music, uh before they even announced the record itself, they can't they randomly dropped a new a new random single out of nowhere, and it was called the shift. Do you remember the? Do you remember your first time hearing the shift? Uh, yeah, I do remember it because I believe you were the one who showed me. Yeah, great fucking song, man. I remember when they first came came out with that song, and you had me listen to it. It was an amazing experience, man. I mean, I remember commenting on the vocals in that song because his voice is just so strong, and it's like a it's like a fine line. It just gets better with age. Man, Jesse's vocals, man, they're just... Ever since he's been in the band, I feel like he's just gotten better and better with it, with every album that goes by. And I remember when I heard the shift of it. Dude, like, even today, like, because we listened from... We listened the whole album from start to finish. I remember when we were even listening to the shift, you were just like, dude, that is such a fucking epic-ass chorus. And it's so catchy. Like, you, you just can't help but not like it, you know? All, all these songs on this record seem to have that effect on you. Um, then the next track, The Unknown, that song really personally touched me because, like, I was getting some instant, like, beautiful vibes from, like, 2008 from their fourth record. And I don't know why, because, I mean, the songs are completely different. It's just, like, the style that they're made in, where it's, like, really somber and everything. And it kind of... The way that the song is sung with Jesse singing it, it's like, I don't know, it really gives me, like, vibes of that song. I have no idea why. It's like, almost like another, another, another distant relative of that song, you could say. Yeah, I'd have to say that's probably my favorite on the album, but being honest with you, that song, there's something about it, man. It, it, it's a really beautiful song, it has a great message behind it, and it just, it's a song that makes you think. Like, let's say it's a day where it's raining outside, there's nothing going on. You know, you can't really go out and enjoy any activities or anything. It's one of those songs you throw on, you know, dark outside, you're laying in bed, and it just makes you think, you know, what you're thinking about, I don't know, maybe you're thinking about life, the good days, memories, nostalgia, but for me, that's what it is, you know, that's what I get from that song, nostalgia. Every time I hear it, I don't know why, it just makes me look back on life, kind of have an appreciation for where I am now. You know, um... I've only listened to the song maybe a handful of times, but every time when I listen to it, like, cause you just told me your point of view for like what you feel like, what, the, what what you think about when you listen to the song. But for me, it's like, when I listen to it, I start thinking about like the world, you know, like I'm a person that's, that's always wanted to travel. Like I want to get out of where I'm living right now and I want to go out and see places I've never been. I want to travel to country, other countries and stuff. I want to see so much of this world that that neither of us have probably seen. And it's a, it's a song called The Unknown. So it's like, there's so much out there. In my opinion, like this is what I see. It's like, for me with the song is like, there's so much out there that that you don't know. And so much that you could see that you haven't seen yet. And it just makes me want to do it more. And me and you are on the same page because let's be honest, man. We haven't really been outside of Texas. Like, at, at all. all. Well, you have. 
But even then, not so many years ago that you probably don't even remember much from the experience. The last time I left this state was like 2013. You went to the Rosebow, didn't you? Yeah, it was, uh, well, that was 2011. And I was, uh, I think I was close to turning 17 at that point. Because my birth, my birthday was late. It was later on in January, but that was like the first. That was like the first day of January. It was really cool. Like it was really cool to go to that football game and everything. It was a really good experience. But um, the last time that actually, that actually might be the last time I left the state. Because if we're talking city wise, the last time I left the city was like 2013. Because, you know, I've been, we've been everywhere around this city, you know, because it's, it's a pretty big city. And I'm not counting Dallas because I don't, I don't, I, I don't even want to talk about Dallas right now. Man, fuck Dallas. <laughs> the last time we were there is when we went to, when we went to that Escape the Fate concert, which is really, really cool. Uh, but before that, it might, it might have actually been uh, when I went to California to watch the Rose Bowl. And that was almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years next year, actually. Like, New Year's Day is when it would been the 10-year mark. We just, we don't, we don't really get to leave that much. I like your perspective on it, about traveling and, you know, discovering the unknown. Because nothing happens in this city. Nothing. Nothing exciting happens here. There's nothing that, like, a tourist attraction, you know. And I, I guess a lot of people are going to say that about their own city, you know, like, yeah, you've lived there for so long that things don't really excite you anymore, but at least in places like New York or Boston or, you know, some some big city like that, at least you get something that excites you. Maybe something opens up or maybe have an event or something. We don't get that here. We don't. Like, if a restaurant opens up, we get happy. <laughs> you know? Like, that's what we have going on in our city. Like, if they... If they open a new 7-Eleven, we're like, oh shit, it's closer to the house. <laughs> that's what makes us excited. I really hate to admit that, but that's actually true. And is and I, I, I hate being the one to admit that, but like, we, we really need to fucking get out more. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> like, we need, like, I'm, I'm going on vacation at the end of this month. I have a couple of days of vacation left until next year, and then I get my, my another 40 hours of vacation. But uh, I have plans to try to to try to at least get out of the city for for maybe a day or two. So uh, that's that's gonna be pretty exciting. But um, it's kind of weird how we got onto that that <laughs> that topic talking about the unknown. But that's really how I feel about it. I mean, it's just it really just makes me think about the world and how there's so much out there that you know that's that we haven't seen, and it, it just it makes me want to travel more. It makes me want to get out of here and actually go see go see new places and stuff like that so I'm, not tr- I'm trying to make it happen but you know with work and everything it's hard to actually get away because you know there's only so much you can do when it comes to being tied down at work and things like that man we should try that big ass steak challenge down here in Texas I think like 72 ounces of steak you want to go up to Amarillo <laughs> to that <laughs> That state, that Texan steakhouse place. Yeah, I do. Right? I want to try that challenge, man. It seems like a hard challenge. Dude, there, I'll tell you right now, there's no way in hell I'm doing that challenge because I will not be able to do that's it. That's probably some good ass steak, but at the same time, man, your asshole is gonna regret it later. <laughs> the meal is expensive too, apparently. So if you if you don't finish it within that hour or whatever the challenge time is, you got to pay for that. Shit, that's gonna be worth it. 
it, it would be really cool to actually go down there and do because I've been to Amarillo before and I've actually drove past that place going going through there it's a pretty nice place next time I go through there though I'm gonna have to stop in there like the, the most exciting restaurant we have over here is like Twin Peaks because you go there and you get to see washed up bras with fake titties no disrespect to anyone who works at Twin Peaks. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, no disrespect because if you work at Twin Peaks, you already disrespect yourself. <laughs> like, have some dignity. But that's a topic for a different day. Back or never again. <laughs> back to the music. Yes. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the next song Wait. Waiting. I love this track. This is probably my favorite track on the album. If not, it's it's in it's in my top three. Definitely, definitely my top three. The most cashiest for me. That chorus is something to be remembered. I'm telling you, man. Like everything on these tracks is like amazing. All the instrument work is perfect. Jesse's vocals are always fucking perfect. Like this this song is really awesome. It's really awesome to listen to course is really catchy um i love the guitar work in this song too the, the the riffs that they end up playing like uh right after you right after jesse sings the chorus really 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 catchy and now here comes the fun one deja vu what do you think about this song i like this song man i honestly i think it's the heaviest on the album but you brought up a really good point about repetition now they did change it in some aspects of, you know, going for a different pitch or maybe changing the lyrics a bit. Yeah, they, they changed a few of the words here and there just to kind of, I guess, try to break the scrutiny, like, of repeating itself, I guess you could say. But it is kind of repetitive. Still a great song, nonetheless. Uh, what, did, what did you think of the song? Well, like you just said, like, um... When I first heard the song, this is the, I think this is the last single to come out before the record got released. The chorus, like, although it's really good, like, at first it bothered me because when I hear, like, the uh, the chorus, like, turn off my brain, it all feels the same. And you just hear that throughout, like, the, the, the whole song. It's not constantly, like, it's spread out, but, and, like, it's only for, like, the choruses or whatever, but, like... At first, I didn't like it because there's another band that released a song that did similarly the same thing, only they did it way worse. And although I love the song, I'm about to tell you, like, when you get towards the end of the song, they end up repeating it like five or six, maybe seven times before it finally ends. And then the song finally gets to come to an end. But... Avenged Sevenfold released Set Me Free, my favorite song off of their Diamonds in the Rough album, by the way. I love everything about that song, but the very ending, when they just repeat Set Me Free like a good six, seven, maybe eight times or so, until the song finally ends. And Ten Years sorta did the same thing, just a little bit. But I'm forgiving Ten Years for it, because Set Me Free was like a good five, six minute song. And that's what made it harder to digest because the song was longer. And they're repeating the word set me free throughout all the song. You know, through all the six minutes of whatever it is. 
10 years I'm forgiving because it's only about a two and a half minute song thereabouts like two and a half minutes or two two minutes and 40 seconds or something like that I'm forgiving it because their song was short and you didn't hear it quite as much but other than that over time I kind of it kind of just stopped bothering me I mean like it does it does like kind of scratch at me just a little bit but like it's 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 no big deal right I'm not holding that against the song anymore but originally it did but eventually I forgave it just because the song was shorter but overall that's a really good song it's a really heavy song really really catchy everything about it is great so that's what that's what I think about Deja Vu probably probably one of the heaviest songs on the album like you were saying <sighs> okay so now let's move on to Without You do you remember much about this song? I do I remember it being one of the somber songs on the album uh, listening to the lyrics you know during the course of the song playing and that, that one thing 10 years has always had is really great lyrics really good messages behind their music and this is one of those songs that really displays a strong message. You know, I, I think this song is absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. Like I said, there's no, there's no bad songs on the album whatsoever. You know, and this is no exception to that. This is probably, it's in my top five as far as the album goes, uh, considering there's only 12 songs on the album. But, yeah, this one right here was an absolutely amazing song. Great message, great vocals. Uh, I love the I love the softer instrumentals through the song. You know, I think Ten Years does a really great job of pulling off the softer side, even their heavier side. You know, you got songs like Wasteland and showing off their heavier side. Deja Vu on this album showed off their heavy side, but then you have like The Unknown and Without You, and those songs just makes you kind of take a step back and look at things in the room. And I gotta tell you. In all of their of their discography that they've been a band, like I've said this before, like whenever we talked about them at, towards more the end of last season, but they are a really underrated group when it comes to making music. And honestly, I think they deserve more recognition than what they're getting. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there, I, I know that. But honestly, I think they need to be more well-known. Because... They're more of a, they're not really like a huge like over the over the top of the world you know type of band you know like you know they're from uh, I think they're from is it Tennessee or is it Tennessee or Kentucky I think it was Tennessee like Knoxville Tennessee or something like that but um they've really come a long way over these years that they've been a band and ever since Jesse joined the group and Jesse's really helped launch them more into the start the spotlight but um. If there's one track I could pick throughout all their history that's probably really like underappreciated, it's the song Through the Iris. Through the Iris is a truly underrated 10-year song, in my opinion. It was on the same album as Wasteland, and obviously everyone garnered to Wasteland because, you know, that's known as their most popular single and song that they released even till today. But that's another song that was slept on on that record was Through the Iris. And... If you have a chance, anyone out there, go back and listen to it. It's on their 2005 album, uh, The Autumn Effect. I don't remember where the track is on the album, but it is on that record. Go and listen to it, and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. 
it is without a doubt one of the most underrated songs by the band. Without You, I think, was a really good song. It, it, it was really somber. It was, it was kind of a more softer song when you think about it. it. Had some great lyrics. Jesse, of course, never disappoints. There's really no... There's, I re- I'm really trying to think of a negative. The only negative thing I can actually think of was the deja vu thing. But, like, I'm not really holding that against the, the record at this point now. You know, like, it's, it's really hard to actually find any negatives. So now, let's talk about the next one. Cut the Cord. This song was fucking epic. Yeah, this song, <laughs> this song was a heavy hitter. The core, like the very beginning of the song, you you just get you get those those solos that start playing like immediately, and you have the background music. It's it's so fitting. What do you think of Cut the Cord? This was one of the better songs on the album. This one right here was absolutely amazing, man. Like you said, the guitar. And the, the drums in this especially, I remember you pointed out to me that it blended together so well. That beginning solo with the drum and the guitar blended together really, really well. And this song right here, I remember I asked you, I'm like, why does the title sound so familiar? And you're like, oh, Shinedown. Yeah, Shinedown released a song called Cut the Chord like five years ago. And I was thinking, okay, you know, maybe this is a cover or something. No, it wasn't a cover. No, it was not a cover. This was a work of art on its own. This song right here was amazing. Really heavy hitting, great instrumentals, great drums, vocals were on point as always. This is a song where you can just throw on, start fucking headbanging to immediately. And I remember that I wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was this song, but I think you might have just mentioned a minute ago. It's where um, I was point. I like when we were listening to it. I we round the song, and I was pointing out to you like. Have you noticed, like, with the with the guitar work and stuff and the riffs, when they're doing the solo, that Jesse modifies his voice and starts singing along with the guitar tune as the pitches are going up and down, and he's singing the lyrics of the song, like he's singing quieter, but like you can hear it blend exactly the same as the guitar riffs that are playing, going up and down in the middle of the solo right there in the middle of the song. I thought that was really, really, really cool. And it sounded really, really great. It blended perfectly. Really, really amazing song on the album. So here's here's the one where we're going to get some... Uh, we're going to have like a little bit of conversation about. Planets 3. This song is not really... Almost not a song. It's almost like an interlude. And it literally just leads into the next song after this. But, um, what do you think of Planets 3? Because I know, like, even though there's no singing in it, it's, it's just straight music. It was, it was amazing, dude. Like, the, the instrumentals on this, it was great. Like I said, they, they kept kind of a, a somber tone with this album. It was more of a, an album to reflect and think back on things, to look at the world around you. This wasn't an album to really jam out to this album I felt had a good theme to it and this interlude perfectly fit the album because it's soft and it's somber just kind of relaxing and everything I don't know it, in my opinion it just makes me think that this is the band's way of saying like look at shit around you 
you know, think about it, absorb all the information, and relax and figure out a way to actually solve the issue. Now this song right here, it it does a great, like I said, uh, it leads into the next song, which is uh, uh, Sleep in the Fire, because at the end you get that little soft, almost tuned down and slowed down version of the intro for Sleep in the Fire. And then when Sleep in the Fire starts, it, it immediately up. picks up and just goes immediately back hardcore again. So Planet 3 is a great song. Like I, if I could set that as a ringtone, I probably would. Because this song is just nice, soft, and somber. It's relaxing. Like I, I really wish they sang over it, to be honest. But you know, I could see why they didn't, because... Those instrumentals are a uh, masterpiece on their own. Dude, Jesse could sing the fucking ABCs over planets, Planet 3. Planets 3 and it'll, it'll probably be amazing. That that song was like something special though. It's like, I remember I was mentioning this to you earlier when we were listening to it, but like the tones and the somberness of uh, of what's being heard, it immediately gave me vibes from another song from their 2012 album, Minus the Machine, which is still my favorite album, by the way, but this has got to be a close second. But there's a song on there called Forever Fields, Sewing Season. And although they don't although they don't sound the same, it's just like what's being heard on Planets 3, for some reason it just triggered something in my head and it just made me start thinking of that song. And it's just like, I can hear Jesse's vocal singing like, you know, it's sowing season in these forever fields. And it's just really, really soft. And it, it gives me that kind of vibes. I don't even know why. But it just really made me start thinking about that. Really, really, really good song. Even though there's no vocals, music is great. So you want to do the honors with Sleep in the Fire? Sure, I'll start off. This song, the beginning of it, holy shit, it really took off from the end of Planet 3. And like I said, you know, Planet 3 leads into Sleep in the Fire. This one right here was a really, really catchy one. The chorus did an amazing job of catching, uh, you know, essentially what led into the song Planet 3. This song right here had great guitar, great drums, Jesse's vocals were on point. And see, that's the thing, man. The vocals in this album, and I mentioned this to you earlier, it's like a fine wine. It just gets better with each and every song. This dude has been in the porn industry and the music industry for so many years, and yet you know there's no regression in his voice whatsoever. None. If anything, he's improving more and more with every single album that he puts out. Sleep in in the Fire, man. And I didn't even notice it at first either. Do you remember that? Whenever Planets 3 ended and then Sleep in the Fire started, I didn't notice it at first until you pointed it out to me and I had to go back and actually listen to the end of Planets 3 again. And then it immediately went into like Sleep in the Fire and then like it started ending really slow like it was fading away. And they just came back like super hardcore. I was like, oh shit, it actually is. It actually does. It actually does do that. That was really, really cool. And I'm starting to wonder why they named them, because there's another instrumental on here. It's, uh, Planet, there's Planets 3 and then there's Planets 4, and that's going to come here in just a, just a minute. But um, there's 
I just want to know like why they were called that. I don't know why, but Sleep in the Fire, hardcore song. Everything about it was great. Great vocals, great drum work, bass, guitar. They there's something about them, dude, that they really can't make like a bad record. Like if I could, if I had to choose one that maybe I don't I don't like more than others, it's probably just uh, from birth to burial. That was the hardest record to get into. And I think you I think you remember we were talking about that whenever we were talking about them last season. But from birth to burial, that was I I still liked I liked the record. But there was just something about it that was just different, and it was just really hard to get into, you know. Yeah, I agree. With you. I mean, the one song I truly loved on there was Vertigo. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great one. Yeah, that was a kick-ass song right there. And um, the other song that probably sticked out to me was that song, um, uh, was it Selling Skeletons or something like that? I can't remember exactly what it was. It might have been that. But that record was really hard to get into. Because I'm a big 10 Years fan, you know? Like, I've listened to all their music. But that one right there, I had trouble with. Because, you know, that was fresh off the heels of Minus the Machine, which is still my favorite record by the band. But, um... This one right here, I think, is, uh... You know, with Violent Allies, it's it's a lot easier to get into. Because they're sticking to who they are, and although they're trying they're trying new things and everything, it's you can tell it's still them. And they're not trying to be, like... They're not trying to do something that they don't think they can do. So, anyway, next song, the song "I Wish." It's one of the last couple songs on the record. What do you think about "I Wish"? "I Wish" was a good song. You know, uh, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites on the album, but like I said, I'm never have any bad songs whatsoever. So, you know, I would still listen to this song, come back and you know. This was a good song. This was a really good song. I don't think uh, it's in my top five, though. I, I wouldn't put it in my top five. But great song nonetheless, you know, great vocals, uh, great instrumentals. And as always, you know, great lyrics. Because, you know, that's one of Jesse's strong points. He's always, he always has great lyrics, regardless of what album it is or what song it is. What do you think of the song? I think it was. I think it was pretty great. I mean, um, if I had to pick one thing that I liked about it best was the chorus, because the, the the chorus, pretty much every chorus in every song in this album is like catchy in some way. But for me, like yeah, specifically the chorus, um, it, it starts making me think. Like, it started makes me think that um, when Ten Years finally decides to end their music career, like they. They like imagine the day where they come out and they say, "So, we've decided that, you know, after 20 years of making music and stuff, we're gonna we've decided to call it quits. We're gonna release one last album, and we're gonna go on like a final tour, and then we're gonna disband." And it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, what everyone what everyone's gonna do, you know, after they they parted ways with the group, especially Jesse. I wonder what he was. I wonder what he's gonna do after he leaves ten years. 
You got any thoughts on that? What do you What do you think they could possibly do? You think they're gonna stay in music? I don't know, man. They've been at it for a while. Yeah, like Jesse's been in the group since like 2002, I think. If they were to disband, I have no clue what they would do. To be honest with you, I don't know where they'd go. There. Dude, I'm gonna be heartbroken like the day I wake up and I find out that they announced that their next album is gonna be their last. That's that's gonna like break my heart, man. Cause like when Amberlin disbanded back in 2014, that crushed me. Cause they they were one of my one of my favorite alternative band groups, and it was announced like earlier this year that the they're actually reuniting, and they're they're gonna be making another they're making another album. And as soon as I heard that, like I lit up like a fucking Christmas tree, and that made me really happy. So it's. I don't know. When I listened to the song, I just started thinking about that. Like, what's when they when they decide to call it quits? Like, I wonder what they're wonder what else they're gonna do after they decide to call this quits. But I'm glad. I'm hoping this isn't their last record. I'm sure it's not. But like, because I remember um, when they were promoting "How to Live as Ghosts" two uh, three years ago. Um, the band originally said that um, before they decided to start making that album they were alluding to the fact that From Birth to Burial was going to be their last record at that point. And apparently they re- they got in touch with another old member that used to be in the band a couple years before that. And apparently they were going to disband because after he left, the group just didn't feel like a, the band wasn't 10 years without him in it. And for out of a stroke of luck they they got in contact with him again uh they started catching up because it had been a few years ever since he left the band they got in touch again and he actually rejoined the band with how to live as ghosts and they ended up making the record and that album was pretty much described as kind of being like a a rebirth of, of a band and eventually like it led into this one so i'm hoping they can they they keep going some more because um, I hope they don't. I really hope they don't feel like they're getting stale. Because they're not. Like they're. <laughs> this album just proves that like they they still got plenty of gas in the damn tank. You know. I agree, man. I, if anything, they're getting better. They're getting more and more uh, better with age. These guys are definitely not stale. They're making improvement. They're starting to experiment with their music in ways they never done before, and that vocal, uh, that vocal element. I feel like Jesse, he's he's getting uh, a better range. To be honest with you, I feel like he's hitting notes he's never even hit before, which I'm really excited to see. You know, if if they do release the next album, you know what direction they end up taking. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Only time will tell. And I'm just finally glad to have new music from them because, you know, it goes back to that three-year <laughs> three year music gap thing. So I'm just eagerly craving, like, you know, when the group's going to release their next album or they're going to release a new song or something. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to Start Again. That's kind of our, an ironic way to say that. <laughs> so what do you think about Start Again? I know this is one of the last few songs on the record before it ended. Start Again, I thought it was a really great song. Uh, more towards the end of the album, the song started getting 
uh, a bit more reflective, just in a sense, you know, I started to think, uh, like you mentioned, where is the band going to go after they call it quits, you know, after they disband and decide that this life of touring and making music isn't for them anymore, and they want to move on to, you know, different walks of life, you know, where are they going to go? Well, this song and, you know, the, the last song on the album, Say Goodbye, those two reminded me that, uh, you know, that this could very well be it for the band, that they could call it quits and they could move on to do something else in their life. And in my opinion, start again, you know, great vocals, great instruments and whatnot, but the message behind it, in my opinion, it's kind of just wishing they could have a do-over in their career. You know, even though their career was, was, or I say was, you know, like they're broken up, but even though their career has been up to this point, you know, nothing short of spectacular, I feel like the band members wish that they could have a do-over so that with the knowledge they have now, they can continue to reach a wider audience and just, you know, start young again and go through the days of touring and not not even having a first album yet because, you know, you and, and when you're living in the moment, you don't think much of it, you know, but when you look back at where you started so many years back, you kind of have a, a moment of awe at just how much you've improved in that short period of time as a band, you know, even from their first record to their second record, they made such a drastic improvement, and now you look over here to 2020 with Violent Allies, and you realize that these guys have put their blood, sweat, and tears into every single album and every single song, and created this legacy for themselves, and they just want to go back and take a look back on where life has led them, and you know, if I were the band members, I'd be pretty damn happy where they currently are right now. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I mean, you really just said everything I was going to say. Start again, great song. Everything about it is on point. And I just want to say, 10 years, if you ever listen, if you ever listen by any chance, happen to come across our podcast, don't quit. <laughs> Please don't, please don't, don't call it quits here. And the only reason I say that is because like, when I listened to that song, Say Goodbye, I instantly started thinking about that. And I was like, wait a minute, so what if, what if this is actually where they're going to stop and they just didn't say anything about it? But of course, you know, later on, you know, after the album was out, they would come out and say something about it. But um, I, w- I would want to know that ahead of time before the release. Like, if they were to come out right now and say, we're, we're going to be splitting up, we're gonna make one, but we're gonna make one last album before we before we decide to call it quits. I would want to know that, yeah, <laughs> because I wouldn't want an album to come out by a band that I love and have it be pretty much perfect, and then say, oh yeah, by the way, uh, that was our last record. We're not gonna release another one. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> like I'd want time to like actually process that and to really prepare myself for their last record. You know, I wouldn't want that either. You don't. Want- that would crush me. Like, imagine you're like, oh man, that's such a great album. I can't wait for the next one. Hey guys, we're done. 
<laughs> and because of it, it would be scary right now too because of because of COVID going on and everything they couldn't tour yeah, they could literally just say we're done guys see you later but so far you know ever since ever since the record came out you know they haven't obviously haven't said anything about that I'm sure once the new year hits and you know everyone starts to have a little bit more freedom now and eventually when bands start get to getting to start touring again I'm sure they're going to tour for this record because it's probably going to be another two or three years before they release another record so uh I'm sure that's what they're going to do should, should they get the, get the opportunity to do it again. <clears throat> so, Planets 4. We made it here. This is literally almost a follow-up to Planets 3, almost, you could say. Because it is the fourth song. But, uh... This one was even shorter, because, like... It gave me the same vibes as Planets 3. But it was shorter. And... There's a lot more ambiance in this in this song, if that makes sense. Cause with Planets 3, you had a real you had that somberness music to it and it had like the very soft guitar guitar riffs and stuff like that. And it was mostly background music, but here it's just like it's just like you're in a big room and everything is like echoing off the walls. You could say something like that. And it's it's just quiet like there's almost nothing going on what do you think about that what do you think about plants for like you said I get the same vibes that I get three that somberness that kind of relaxation you know what it reminded me of and I know we we talked about maybe doing this one day before imagine you're sitting in a sensory deprivation tank and it's just nothing but you and your thoughts and you're all alone in that dark and you hear this playing like on an intercom or something, that would be probably the most relaxing thing in the world because this song is a song that you listen to. It's not even really a song, it's more of an instrumental. Literally. But you can just listen to this and like fall asleep to it because it's just so beautifully written. I think they did a fantastic job with including interludes and instrumentals in the album. Like whoever thought of that, that, that was a great idea. And they didn't bombard it into into like half the album like like some groups do because yeah. I like when they I like when they do songs like this on records but I don't like when they make it like half the record because you know when people when people like want to listen to their new music they actually want to hear like their vocalists and stuff like that yeah don't don't have an album with 10 tracks and then 3 of those tracks are in a loop in the beginning the middle and the end no that's not how you do an album come on man <laughs> yeah but they didn't do that though there was um they only put two, and each one was like barely two minutes long. I can't remember how long Planets 3 was, but they, they were pretty close in length, I'm pretty sure. But, um, whenever you, whenever you brought up the sensory deprivation thing, personally, I would probably feel myself listening to Planets 3 just because of the somber guitarness that they have in there. And it's just so soft and quiet. Like I would, if I had to choose three or four, if I was in a situation like that, I'd probably choose three. But that's just personally me, because four, while it's really, really nice to hear, it's it's just really quiet. There's like not much going on, but it's just really quiet. But it is nice. Okay, now we finally made it to the end, 
and this is this is the song that we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Say goodbye. I almost kind of shed a tear the first time I heard this song, because like I said, I instantly got vibes that the band was gonna quit. <laughs> and you know, obviously they hadn't said nothing about that before, but I instantly started getting thoughts like that. And that's with a lot of bands, actually. Like, when bands release songs like that, they make it seem like, you know, we're leaving goodbye. I instantly get thoughts like that, whether I think it's true or not. And I'm really hoping it's not true. But, um, this is a really great song. It's a, it's a softer song, you could say. And Jesse killed it on this song. Like, everything about it is just, there's what's not to love. What'd you think? I 100% agree with you, man. This this song right here, it gave me vibes that, you know, they were saying goodbye, not, you know, not in the sense of a letter of goodbye, but they're saying goodbye to their fans, music, their legacy, and stuff like that. And like you said, I got the vibe that they were calling it quits as a band. And it did kind of bring, like, a little bit of sadness uh, that that's kind of the tone that the song had. But, yeah, this song right here was absolutely amazing. It's great way to end off the album uh really, it's the longest song on the album too it is yeah it is longest song in the album great chorus you know cashiness really sad vibe and tone to it and, you know i think this is one of those rainy day songs definitely and this song this song clocks in at four minutes and ten seconds because if there's one thing i've noticed about this record is that all the songs are actually shockingly short there's hardly there's hardly any songs that go over like the three and a half minute mark. I think most of the songs are about two two they range from like two to three minutes long. This one's four four minutes and ten seconds, so it's the longest song. And I don't know I wouldn't know if it's the softest song on the record, but I think it's the best sounding softest song if that makes sense. Because there are quite a few of them on this album. I would pick this one over the others. And I think it's a really good way to end the record. Well, we got through all 12 songs. So, uh, Amir, so if you had to rate this album on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being absolute perfection, what would you, in your personal opinion, rate this record? 9.5. 9 9.5? 9.5. What's the only thing that's holding it back from a perfect 10? thing that's holding it back from perfect 10 for me would probably be the the uh the deja vu the deja vu yeah yeah the little repetition thing you know i, I don't i don't really have a problem with it too much but that it, it just like it, it gets repetitive but uh that's probably the one thing that and that and how short the songs are you know there's a lot of songs that like you say don't really go over the I'm not saying it has to be incredibly long. You know, we're not talking twelve years. <laughs> but you know, yeah, we've already had that conversation. I would have loved to see a little bit of a longer album, but it's a great album nonetheless. You know, damn near perfect album in my opinion. There's no bad songs. This is one that's definitely worth checking out. And I'm also glad that they decided to uh, they decided to break the kind of like the cycle of normal albums. Like you know, normal albums usually range anywhere from like eight to ten songs. They did 12. So that's a plus to me. 
because like when I get when I when I see albums that have like ten songs, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. But there's like a in my opinion, there's like a fine line between too little and too many. Like with like a house on fire, that had fifteen. Fifteen is probably too much in my opinion. They had to make fifteen because if they made ten, the album would have been shit. <laughs> the album was shit anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. Yeah, I, I like I like somewhere between ten and fifteen because like ten leaves me wanting more, but like fifteen makes me feel like this is too many. So like twelve, thirteen is like some is fine with me, but like anything over thirteen is like it just makes me feel like it's too much. But that's just me. But me, I'm probably gonna give this album a nine and a half too, just because of the the deja vu thing and it, it personally that doesn't really bother me anymore but because it bothered me at first that's that's the only reason I'm gonna bring it to a nine and a half because it doesn't bother me now but if I had said that right when the song came out and my opinion didn't change I would have gave this album a perfect 10 but because I felt that way whenever it came out and it instantly bothered me that's why I'm gonna have to give it a nine and a half as well but other than that nearly flawless album any any fans of 10 years be sure to pick up the album if you if you want to listen to this band pick up this album as well it's called Violent Allies it's 12 songs 12 songs that are worth it and with that note we're going to go ahead and end season 3 episode 1 of the podcast today it's really good to be back after a long month break and we are gonna have more guests, get more guests back on the season this time because we didn't have, we didn't. The, season two was like a weird time, and we didn't really get to have anybody on at that time. It was just me and you, but we are gonna have more guest stars come on back this season, and we're gonna have one next week. And just a heads up, everyone, uh, episode two is gonna take place on Friday next week, not Saturday. So you're gonna see episode two be up a day early, and that's because of. Uh, work schedules and stuff and we're trying our best to work around you know all that mess with working different hours and shifts and stuff yeah so on that note we're gonna go ahead and end episode one we hope everyone enjoyed and we'll see you next week